This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Hello and welcome to Femme Conversations. I'm your host, Buibelo Morgezi, and on this podcast, we engage on female-based dialogues which aim to empower, educate, and shift perspectives around issues faced by females, not only targeting females, though, but also society at large. This is part one of episode one, and on this episode, I engage with WITS graduate, Tumelo Gracious Ratlojo, who formed part of a feminist organization called the Black Women Caucus, where she primarily focused on epistemic violence and gender-based violence. I also chat to Oyama Bueta, a two-time UCT and Oxford graduate who was at the front line of the Roads Must Fall and Fees Must Fall movements. We start the conversation by getting to know at which point did they start transitioning from being young girls to becoming women and what kind of changes necessarily happened during this transition. Here's what they had to say. I grew uh, boobs and all the other features that make you a woman very quickly in my life. And I grew up being a big girl within that same line. So I got my periods first and it was such a traumatic experience. I remember because I stayed with my grand, my mom was stayed like two hours away and I went to the bathroom and I cried and I called my mom and I was like, listen, there is something going on. I don't know what's this. And she was like, well, go to your grand and tell her what's going on. Just that picture and that experience has just never left. And I think I remember from that day feeling like I was just different from the other girls. Like I was not just a girl because I was told that this is going to happen. I'm going to have a period and it's going to make me a woman per se. So that's definitely one of the biggest experiences that I can definitely think of now that resemble um, going into womanhood and um, knowing that, okay, you know what, this is what being a woman would entail or would be part of the process of becoming a woman, amongst other things, of course. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, a lot of people like to link being a woman to a particular age, you know, and also because traditionally cultures only have ceremonies and, and all these coming of age um, kind of celebrations when you're a particular age. But I think it's not something that's really age bound. Like some people grow up faster, like life forces you to grow up faster. In any exactly. Yeah. And for you, um, Tumelo? Thank you for that question. I was actually laughing. <laughs> uh, very interesting. Never really thought about it. To be honest, womanhood is more about finding your purpose, you know? It's, mm. it's not only just biological. Because as a young girl, I've always had a big body, you know. African woman, that's me from a young age. Some people would say that, you know, when I was younger, that I'm already a woman. I'm already a mom. My figure is saying that. And I didn't feel that way in my heart. I was still very young, but my body was saying something else. And growing up, I've, you know, begin to realize that, okay, once I've actually found my purpose and followed something that I truly love and want to push towards it, that's when, you know, my focus changed and I found my womanhood. I found what I want to do and be serious about. I know it doesn't even, those two don't even connect, but that's what it means to me. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, you ladies have given us a, a good range. I mean, from your biological setup and clock and how that simplifies that you're becoming 
a woman now mm-hmm. and also just you know mentally spiritually just finding your purpose like you're saying and just knowing i think also a, a certain set of values that you want in life knowing your worth all those things embody and encompass you know becoming a woman so you guys are definitely right and that's mm-hmm. so spot on now i want to move to the term feminism if we look at the the dictionary is described as a range of social movements political movements and ideologies that aim to define establish and achieve political economical and personal as well as social equality of sexes and with that said i want to know from you ladies are you feminists and and why um with me you know i would consider myself feminist i honestly do believe that they are um different kinds of feminism okay and i yes i actually found that out as i was reading um i think it was basi head she's an american author and she's contributed greatly in education and feminist texts so mm-hmm. i think that there are different kinds of feminisms and there's knowledge and there's perspectives and it's important that we realize that when i say that i'm a feminist i mean that i'm feminist in in terms of economic opportunities and also contextual no actually let me rephrase that i'd like to say epistemological violence you know when we look at epistemology we're looking at knowledge and i talked about knowledge and how knowledge is also a type of feminism and it changes and it influences your perspective right what you know influences how you live okay so let me just bring it down a little bit you know history is mainly the perspective of a man you know men are celebrated more in history than anywhere else women where the women is almost as though they don't necessarily shape um our our history yeah and that's where you find me that's that's where i am you know i'm that kind of feminist i strive to include women in history i want to rewrite women back into history i want young girls to look in and read history and see themselves and see the possibilities of also being superheroes not superheroes but they but superheroes you understand game changers people who make a difference and not the erasure of women that's the kind of feminism i am in interesting that you say that because for me feminism is also such a i don't want to say it's a tricky um concept but i think it's very broad and i think most of the time it it's more in mm. the boardroom and in in society but when we're looking at it from a social point of view where we're going to also bring it let's say at home it gets kind of confusing and lines become blurred and maybe you ladies can educate me on this because mm-hmm. i've always been interested in knowing that someone like myself grew up with a father as the head of the house and then you know the mother mm-hmm. will will do what a traditional mother is supposed to be doing and it's always mm-hmm. been that you know a man is the provider and whatever not to say that my mom was not a provider she definitely was but it's mm-hmm. just like that traditional notion of the man being the head of the house and let's not even put money to it because we in a world where women more and more women are starting to be the breadwinners of an of a household and that's perfectly fine but i honestly do really respect and appreciate the idea of a man leading a household it becomes a little bit blurry <laughs> for me 
when it gets mm. to those conversations of feminism because if we're pushing for equality then that's that's 50 50 it's not a 60 40 thing so then how do we you know navigate that in our homes oyama what are your thoughts on feminism uh for me it's definitely how you feel most empowered as a woman mm. as you guys have stated you like the the notion of uh being submissive to some women that may not be pro feminism according yeah. to how they feel most empowered by uh the movement or by the word yeah right so for me it's a case of this definitely um you're right in saying there is a a bit of um controversy and ickiness in terms of the word but at the end of the day beyond that it's really about how a woman empowers herself if her feminism means she is at the head of the house let it be if it means that she uh is going to be submissive to her partner then let it be so mm. it's really very subjective mm. and um for me it just means all around pro woman woman empowerment in whatever way that the woman deems and feels and mm-hmm. in a sense that they have the autonomy to select how they choose to navigate around their own feminism and let it be that yeah no definitely i i definitely yeah. agree that it's very subjective so you choose yeah. what what kind of feminism you would want to essentially go for because because like um Dumelo has stated she she has discovered recently that there's different kinds of feminism, you know, classes I suppose. So I definitely think it is subjective you're correct in saying that. There's no denying that patriarchal systems which even our great great grandmothers lived through are difficult to rewrite. But how do we as women get to rewrite these narratives in 2020? And is it even our job? Dumelo, myself and Oyama unpack this concept. Um I grew up with with a brother and and my mm-hmm. two sisters and we obviously could see the difference in the dynamic of how we were raised girl versus boy, you know? Okay. So mm-hmm. it it stems from home and then you go to school and and then all of a sudden it's like you go to a co-ed school but there's only soccer for boys and those little you know prejudices that women face within institutions from home from society and how do we then as as women you know start rewriting these patriarchal systems that our mothers our grandmothers or even our great grandmothers grew up in girls have to do the dishes while the boys are doing the garden the girls must come home at 4 but the boys can come at 9. We definitely know why that rule is like that. But is it even our job to be rewriting these these notions? I mean, how do you want your future society to look like? That's the biggest question. For me, I definitely want it to look like where there isn't such um ways of bringing up children. Yeah. Every child must be able to do dishes, must be able to do normal surviving skills that they should have like how do you not how are you not able to cook for yourself and you think oh no it's fine he's going to get married and somebody's going to cook for him that's mm-hmm. a life skill that you're supposed to have like i'm not going to teach uh, someone son now because they're older and i need them to man up i know that moving forward 
if I'm going to have children, my children are going to be doing chores that are normal life skills, just like any other person should be able to do. Like you're going to be able mm. to cook, you're going to be able to clean, you're going to be able to do your laundry. Like who's supposed to clean after you? Mm. You know, it is definitely our responsibility. Even what you can do now as the young generation that we are, is that whatever you see at home, like speak up and say, you know, this is happening this way. I don't like it happening this way. Whether you mm-hmm. heard or not that you said it, I think it speaks in terms of um, moving forward and moving to a place where there isn't, uh, it's not even about gender roles. It's a case of, are you able to do a proper basic life skill? Yeah, that's that's what you need for the rest of your life. Can I chip in, please? So, um, I grew up in a family of five. Um, I have I was the only girl, and with um four brothers. So <laughs> it was very interesting. But I was very fortunate enough, you know, to be very outspoken as a young girl. And I won't lie, my mom did try pin a lot of chores just on me, but because of you know my my big mouth, I would complain and definitely say that I cannot be the only one who cooks. I cannot be the only one who cleans. I cannot be the girl that comes from playing to come close the curtains while there are men in the house. You know, I would complain. I would say those things. And my mom would see that, okay, I'm being a little unfair. And she would just, okay, give me fine, your brothers. And also my father wasn't, he wasn't that manly man. He didn't mind doing these things. So it seemed easier and it was very possible. So my brothers all can cook, all can clean, although they don't do it as squeaky clean as I do, but I'm definitely grateful that they have those social skills. So it does definitely start at home and it starts with speaking up. Like Oyama said, it's a life skill, you know, um, okay. even, even something like changing the bulb. Men would say that that's a man thing to do, but honestly, it's, it's a matter of getting on a ladder <laughs> and changing a bulb, sir. So. Exactly. It's not, it's <laughs> not rocket science. It's, it's yeah. just, it's I won't lie, women. I like having a man do all those things for me. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a problem at all. I just think the problem is basic life skills not being taken into account and a person not being able to do that on the notion that it's, oh, it's an X type of job. It's an X type of job that I have a problem with. Like, obviously, I don't mind my man fixing up the house. Yeah, do it, boo, yes. But if you're going to say, I need to cook because I'm a woman, I'm not going to have that. If I'm going to tell you, go change the bubble, your man, I can't do that. I can do it as well. I need to be empowered enough to do it for myself. But knowing that my man can do it, perfect. Thank you for joining Femme Conversations, Episode 1, Part 1, with myself, Buibilo Morgezi. We continue our conversation on Part 2, where we engage on the very critical matter of gender-based violence in our country and also unpack institutionalized prejudice against women. So be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, thank you very much for joining us. Catch you on Part 2.